Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we're studying the book of Acts, chapter 17, and Pastor Ryan is joining us live this afternoon with a message for our listeners about some upcoming events. Hey guys, this is Pastor Ryan Hussein with Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning. I just wanted to invite you out to our Good Friday service on April 2nd at 7 p.m. and to our Easter service on Sunday, April 4th at 10 a.m. Join us as we celebrate the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I sure look forward to seeing you there. God bless and take care. In today's program, we're studying the book of 2 Kings chapter 21. Here's Pastor Ryan. Our citizenship is in Jesus Christ. It's not in your career or my career. It's not in how much money we have or don't have. It's not about anything that we own possession-wise. It all has to do with our heart. We either have given it to Jesus Christ and are following him, and we are Christians. That's who we are. Whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a plumber, a custodian, a cop, a fireman, you're a Christian. That's how we need to define ourselves. Josiah knew who he was. His goal was the Lord. He didn't turn from the left or the right. He was conscious of his own spiritual life. He walked circumspectfully, wise, not foolishly. He was conscious of God's presence as he walked in this world. And that's what God calls believers to do as well. To walk in a way that we're conscious of God every single second of every single day. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. Do we not understand that the Lord is with us moment by moment? That second by second, God is with us. How can we sin if God is with us? If we're consciously aware that everything we do and everywhere we go, and moment by moment, the Lord is with us. He's in our house. He's in the private places. He's at work. He's everywhere that we're at. And that's where I want to be. And that's where I pray that our church would be, that we would be a people that is very careful about how we walk. Very careful. Knowing that the enemy of our soul does not rest, but night and day accuses us before the throne of God. He does not rest. He goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Moment by moment, he wants to trip you and I up. And it's easy to get our eyes off the ball, but we can't. We can't. And that's why we're reminded he didn't turn to the left or the right. And we can, you know, think about the things that have become more important, that have taken our gaze off of our love for the Lord. Why isn't our eyes on where they need to be? That's a question we should ask, examining ourselves of whether or not we're in the faith. Keeping our eyes on our shepherd, learning from him, following him. The shepherd leads the sheep. We don't want to be the sheep that goes astray. How do we stay on that straight path, though, pastor? I think it's the word of God. The Word of God. 
as we study the word of God and allow the word of God to take root in our heart and in our lives, that is the, the, the rock by which we are founded on. Jesus said for those, I'll tell you who a wise man is, wise woman, he who hears these sayings of mine and does them. I liken him to a, a man who built his house on the rock. So when the storms of life hit, when death hit, they did not crumble. The house did not crumble. They stood strong. But the foolish one, you know, built his or her house on the sand. And when trials of life hit, they fell. It is the word of God. I know no other way. The word of God is what's impressive. The word of God is what solidifies. It's the concrete. It's the foundation. It what, it's what keeps a marriage together. It's what keeps a Christian in line. Proverbs chapter 4, the, the writer, Solomon, verses 20 through 27 he says, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. These sayings of mine, the writer says, the word of God, do them. Keep them in front of you. Don't turn to the left or the right. This is going to keep you on the right track. It is the word of God that keeps us in the right track. Almost 99.9% .9 of counseling sessions are remedied through the word of God. And the problem with people's lives is there's a lack of the word of God in their life. The word of God, it's the glue, it's everything. And Josiah had a heart for it. In Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I'm amazed and shocked at the power of the word of God and, and within my family and how my wife and I can become so close and so strong and so united and so full of hope and enthusiasm when we sit down and we just read a few verses. I'm amazed at supernaturally how it makes our world so happy, so joyful. In spite of the circumstances, the circumstances can be not as good, but because of the word, man, we're straight. And that's how we keep a straight life. With our young ones, four and, four and seven, we have kid Bibles for them that we read, and it, and it pulls back the little craziness that's in them from crawling on the walls and tearing the house apart we read the word we pray with them it mellows them out you know they're not as violent towards one another the word jesus said if you abide in my word you're my disciple indeed you can't there is nothing more for a christian there's nothing more important we don't want to talk about mission trips. We don't want to talk about ministry. We don't want to talk about churchy stuff. We don't want to talk about anything. Nothing starts before this. Nothing. N nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing will succeed unless this is the, the, the priority. Nothing. Nothing. He upholds the, wor the world by the word of his power. Our lives are upheld by the word of his power.
after we've been in the word, then we can go do life and ministry and all those things I just mentioned. So it is the word that he sought to honor. Verse 3, now it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah. So when he was 26, it came to pass. The chronicle, in, the, in Second Chronicles, it says that when he was 16, he sought the Lord. And at 26 here, he's making a move. And the move is, it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah, he's 26, that the king sent a Shephan, the scribe. The scribe was like the secretary of state for the kingdom. The son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, that he may count the money which has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have gathered from the people, and let them deliver it into the hand of those doing the work, who are the overseers in the house of the Lord. Let them give it to those who are in the house of the Lord doing the work, to repair the damages to, of the house to carpenters uh, and builders and masons, and to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house. However, there need be no accounting made with them of the money delivered into their hand, because they deal faithfully. And so we see that Josiah, as he was seeking the Lord, he was moved to repair and restore the temple of the Lord. That is, forefathers had neglected, had polluted, and worshipped false idols in. So as he sought the Lord, his heart went towards the temple of the Lord, which is, you know, for those of us here at Sweet Hills, it's interesting that we're, we read about these repairs and reforms and restorations of the temple of the Lord. For us, it's interesting because for those of you who don't know and you're new here, we just got this building in August. August 2nd was our very first Sunday service in this place. Hallelujah. Before that, we were in uh, Hammerling Elementary School renting it from the school district. And then when COVID hit, they shut their doors down. We were at, you know, we were just filming stuff in my backyard for a month. And then the city of Banning blessed us, the parks and recreation people. They said, man, we're not supposed to open this up, but you're a church and you're essential. So we'll go ahead and do it. So we met outdoors in beginning in, I think, June, right? And we began meeting in mid-May for, for Wednesday nights in, in at Wendy's home. And then we were approached by the pastor who bought this church, wanting to sell it, needing to sell it. He bought it two years ago, and the pastor before him gave him a killer deal. And he said he wanted to give me a killer deal because he wanted the work of the Lord to continue. I'm not the pastor that was looking for a place to, to be. I was not that guy. I was not the pastor. Oh, hey, guys, building funds. We're going to buy a piece of property, and we're going to buy a building, and we, I feel led by None of that. That's just not me. I was fine and content at Hemmerling. I figure when the Lord gives us a lot of feria, we'll have enough money to shop. Why am I going to think about shopping if there's no money to shop? So that's kind of how I was, you know. I mean, some people have the faith, and there are those in, in our congregation who really, 
who really had faith, like, we're going to get a building. And I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. But I, 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 I wasn't, I, it was hidden from me. And they even said, call this guy back. Like two different uh, people at our church, call him back. So I came here and I thought, man, this place is perfect. If the price is perfect. The price is perfect. It's undervalued. The price is lesser than what it is worth. And when we came here, it's a two-year lease to own. That's the plan. We talked about it when we first moved in. It's a two-year lease to own. Sure, we can afford the mortgage. That's no problem. But if you've never purchased a commercial building, here's the kicker. You need 20% down. It's not like a house. You buy a house today, here in Beaumont or whatever, they you don't have to have twenty percent down. You they'll buy they'll buy you insurance and they'll still get the loan done. With commercial property, that's not how it works. They want twenty percent of eight hundred grand. So within two years, we'll have the money for the down payment. We're working towards that. We're looking good. However. For those that this is your home church, not if you're visiting, not if you're, this ain't your home church or you're not a believer, but if the Lord leads you, we're trying to get it done sooner because if you've ever bought in a home, escrow can be longer than what you expected. So we're trying and praying for it to be sooner in case the escrow goes long. So pray about it if this is your home church. That's where we're at. I think after six months, it's good to mention that because January, it was six months. And I think when we hit August, which is the anniversary, the one year anniversary, we'll do another up to date where we're at. Right. Because it's your church as well. It's not my church. It's the Lord's church, but it's ours as his sheep. So that's where we're at. But here, Josiah's heart was for the house of the Lord. And I'm praying. I, I saw that as we moved in people pitching in so much money came in to do repairs and restoration here people put their time their money their energy and this place is looking just amazing i'm so proud of how this place turned out and the grass and the sprinklers and the removal of popcorn ceiling and putting recessed lights and 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 all of the brothers and sisters who partook in beautifying this place glory to God you have the same type of heart as Josiah who was moved to bless the temple of the Lord for it's a good thing and so it says that that at 26 in the 18th year of his reign that he sent his scribe to the high priest and he asked him to count the money which had been brought into the house of the Lord, which the doorkeepers had gathered from the people, and let them deliver it into the hand of those who were doing the work. And so when you come into a church and you see that, like tonight, we had ushers collecting money, tithes and offerings, or I should say they were receiving tithes and offerings from the people, I mean, people who don't know the Lord, don't know this book, have no clue as to why churches do that. And churches have taken advantage. Without a doubt, there have been crooked pastors, there have been crooked churches, there have been crooked things. But the reason why we give is because the Lord commands his people to do so in order to help develop our faith because money 
is the root of all kinds of evil. Not all evil, like they misquote it, but all kinds of evil. And it can have a grip on believers' hearts. God doesn't want us to be bound and in bondage to our money. Can I get an amen? Amen. So when you become a Christian and everything you realize for the first time, everything that I have has come from the Lord. My job, my home, my spouse, my kids, it all is a blessing from the Lord that I didn't deserve. And the Lord in testing the hearts, not that he needs money, not that we need money. It's just his way of making sure that he has our heart. Amen. Jesus would say in Matthew 6, do not, in verse 19, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wherever our treasure is, our heart follows it. Look at anyone's treasures. Like, what's the most important to you? That's where your heart is. What's most important to you? I've heard it said that you can tell what a man cares about by his checkbook. When we invest by faith in God's kingdom, our heart is invested in that. And our heart is attentive to that investment. Like an investor who invests in the stock market, who checks out the stocks every single moment of every single day, some of them all tweaked out or whatever. But with us, when we participate and honor the Lord with the first fruits of our increase, our heart follows that. We're actually interested in what's going on in the kingdom of the Lord. And he knew that. That's why the Lord said, where your treasure is, your heart will also be Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 verse 38 give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you give is what he says and the same measure that we use will give will be measured back God has outgiven me in my life. And when I learned to tithe, I had to learn to tithe. When I came to know the Lord, money had a grip on me. I can tell by the way I gave, not cheerfully. I gave reluctantly. I was a mess when I did it. I told the Lord, I'm completely broke. This is all that I have. I wasn't happy. But what it did was it caused me to pray to the Lord to help me to believe that even though I'm broke, you're going to find a way to take care of my needs. You're going to find a way to open the door to that better job. You're going to find a way. I'm giving this to you by faith. And that's where the test is with the money. And ever since then, then my car didn't break down as much. Things worked better. And I learned to save and I learned how to be more frugal. And I've watched God provide for me every step of the way because he says, give and it will be given to you. The same measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. So if we want consistency from the Lord as far as monetary blessings, shouldn't we be consistent? Oh no, on January I'll, I'll give, but like February we have a vacation, so I won't give then. And then in March is another bad month. Then I'll hit him, oh, April's Easter, so he's got to get his. But December, that's Christmas, and uh, 
that you know he know, he he understands my heart and we have to bless the kids with toys i mean we start justifying why he doesn't get his it's about faith all the while and i'm not doing him a favor it's his money i don't even at this point i don't even think about it it's just his it's his and that's maturity faith is maturity and it, you know there are some who man I, I can get i give you any scripture i'll give you any you know a service for the lord and some people say i'll just serve the lord and that's my tithe how where else does that work in the world would you say that to your job like no i'm just doing this for free no you expect a worker's worthy of his wages and the Lord wants to take care of his house. As part of that, one of the reasons is to take care of the light bill, right? In Malachi chapter 3, verse 9, he says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. That's Malachi chapter 3, verse 9. One might say to get himself out of giving to the Lord. Oh, that's the Old Testament and we're not under the law. Have you heard that one before? We're not under the law. Tithe means 10%, by the way. Yeah, we're not under the law. We're under grace. So knowing the full story that he died on the cross for our sins, why would we trip about giving him $1 out of the 10 he gives us? Shouldn't grace at least... Get us to the point where we can give him $1 out of the 10 he gives us? We can't say people are stingy. If we don't tithe, we can't tell anybody they're stingy. We can't, all oh, those rich people, they're, they're, you know, we should take their money and give it to the poor. You know, you don't even tithe and you call yourself a, a, a believer. Maybe you should look in the mirror. You won't even give $1 out of the 10 bucks that he gave you? There's no stones here, please. It's quiet, but I personally believe that a lot of the debt that I was in was a direct response to not pitching in. A direct. And that's why he says in Malachi, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Like the creditor, you, you owe money to a lot of credit cards. I'll, I'll handle that. Don't worry about it. But I like what he said. The money's to be given to those who were doing the work. I like that. You know, people want to donate their time and their energy here to, the, to this church, and I'm stoked by it. But I learned, as the Word of God teaches us, I learned, no, no, I'm supposed to bless. We're supposed to, we're supposed to bless you. And I try to bless the people who do the work here. And, you know, there's no right or wrong way. Sometimes, they, sometimes it's received, other times it's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's a love offering to the Lord, whatever. But there's no right or wrong way. There's no guilt trips here. The Bible says, I, as the pastor, need to make sure that the money goes to them for doing the work that is done here, the, the repairs to the building. Can I get an amen? amen? I even told one of the brothers, no, 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 he wouldn't take it. I said, no, 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 it said in the word you're supposed to take it. And it says here that the men, it says here that no accounting had to be made with them of the money because they, they, they were men who dealt faithfully. And I love that. I feel that we're, we're that kind of church that deals faithfully with one another. I trust my guys in leadership. I trust the sisters who have been with... I just they're, they're, There's so much faith. There's so much faithfulness. There's so much good stewardship. And it's just neat that we have that kind of church. It's crazy to me. 
Like money is nothing. It's just a, it's just a commodity that we need in order to get things for the house of the Lord. You know, how did we get to this place? Thank you, Jesus. It just, it's, it's, just, it's just a number. It's just, to him, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. It's just money. I mean, I'm, I'm from the Vadio. I grew up poor, and it's like, you know, I trip out on, on what he's doing here, but I got friends with really big Calvaries, and it's like, whoa. But to God, it's, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns it all. You have a really rich father. Some of us need to act like it, huh? Amen? Stop acting like like I can, like an orphan from time to time. We all feel those pains and those sufferings. And oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. But we have a rich dad. We have a rich papa. Cry out concerning your needs. Tell him, man, Lord, help me to get involved in this, to pitch in, to do what I'm supposed to do, Lord. And he will. He'll find a way. Paul would say to the Philippian church after they blessed him and supported him in Philippians 4.19, he said, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But faithfulness is what the Lord ex expects from all of us, right? To be faithful stewards. If we're faithful in the little things, then we'll be faithful in the bigger that's his standards, not mine. The Lord's standards is give them a little bit. The Bible says even deacons are to be tested. Do you know that, deacons? Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chairman, above your throne, sing holy, sit upon your mercy.